0: Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this show, Jeff Heck, recently resigned by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on why he decided to come back, his thoughts on the Super Bowl, and there's some dogs in the interview. You'll want to hear that. Also, the winner of the Fleming Family Scholarship, a local hockey coach, we have Aaron Cates on the show, plus my Super Bowl recap. That's on a podcast. There's a decent chance... That while you were picking up wings and preparing snacks, doing whatever you do to prepare for the big game, the Super Bowl, the Superb Owl, you may have missed the Blue Bombers making yet another pending free agent, a member of their 2019 squad. This time, Canadian safety Jeff Hecht, who was the Bombers, well, they brought him in mid-season. Not mid-season, kind of early third of the season, in July of 2018. Eight tackles, two sacks, a pick, a forced fumble and Jeff joins me now on the CGOB Sports Show. Jeff, why did you want to come back and play another year in Winnipeg? Uh
1: the coaching staff mainly, I would say. Um defensive coaching staff specifically for me. I mean, they've they produced uh, some high level um safeties. Richie Hall specifically has throughout his career. So, um that was a major major reason why, you know, if I was going to continue my playing career it was going to be in Winnipeg. Um also, I mean, football's fun in winnipeg and, and when i got there late last year i you know kind of had a a second coming of the enjoyment of football so so that was also a, a major major reason why i came back
0: so you've played in a number of markets in the cfl you've played in calgary montreal saskatchewan so how does how's winnipeg different from those places
1: um all those de- all those places are different from each other i would say first of all um one thing about winnipeg that um, I'm not saying other teams don't do as well, but one thing that makes the organization um, great is that they, the guys in the office truly care about the guys in the locker room and vice versa. So uh, not to overuse the cliche, uh, I wouldn't call it like a family, but I mean, it's the closest thing you can get to a family type uh, household in, in professional sports.
0: So getting so close to reaching the Grey Cup last year is that part of why you want to stick around?
1: Yeah, of course, uh, like we, we you play to win the game, right? Um, especially in the CFL, in the last few years they've shown that, you know, there's no no real such thing as rebuilding in the CFL. Every team as of June, every team they really has a, a legitimate shot at the at the Grey Cup and I mean, that's why we play the game. We we get paid and it's fun and and uh and fans like watching the games but uh they go to games to see teams win and and people hire coaches to to win the great cup and coaches sign players to win the great cup it's really the main uh, the main everything uh in our day to day
0: what do you feel about your role in this defense
1: uh, i mean i spoke to some coaches on exit interviews um, i don't know what their expectations are how the roster is going to develop over the next uh, few weeks, especially with free agency. So uh, I'm ready for whatever. I mean, throughout my career, I've, I've started games at corner and I started games at Sam and I started games at safety and I have played will. And I, you know, I have ended up everywhere on special teams and that's where a lot of my value lies and my versatility and my adaptability and my, my IQ. So, I mean, whatever they got for me is, is uh, what I'm going to do. So, Um, Well, maybe we'll talk to them, you know, in the coming months prior to camp and as the roster develops and uh, see what their expectations are. So when when camp comes around, I have a um, little uh, better pitcher and I can, uh, you know, do whatever I need to do.
0: Is that dog barking?
1: That is, yeah. Is that your dog? Yeah, my girlfriend's home for lunch, so the dogs freak out because they like her a lot. (laughs) what how many dogs are there? uh there's two my roommate's dog and my girlfriend's dog. we got a uh shepherd husky, and my roommate's got like a uh fourteen year old pit bull that just lays there and barks all day.
0: <laughs> they get along though oh yeah, that's good so when you uh when you heard that Adam Big Hill was coming back to the team, how did that feel as someone who wanted to stick around in this defense
1: uh I wasn't really surprised uh I got to know biggie. Pretty well during the season. He's a, he's a high IQ football guy. He's also a very intelligent person. So I like to you know hang out with guys like that. Um, with the way he thrived in this defense, I think it was his best um, his best year in the CFL to date, which is you know you know surprising because of the kind of years that he did have in BC. But I think he realized his value and his uh, um, Abilities are, are are heightened by this staff as well. And I wasn't surprised to see him uh, stick around. And to have an accent piece like that standing in the middle of your defense, um, it's, it becomes pretty easy after that for them, I think, to start uh, adding the auxiliary pieces to that.
0: So the Bombers have re-signed pretty much half of their pending free agents and no other team is anywhere close to that with only just about a week till free agency. Is that something that the players notice?
1: Yeah. It's something we started, you know, the players fraternity and I talked to guys here and there and, you know, because I have been around, I have relationships with other teams. And it's something that we've been talking about in the last few weeks and guys have been taking more and more notice too. Um, I can only speculate. So I I don't really know why that is. Uh, Maybe uh, Kyle is a little more active than other GMs, uh, pending the CBA situation. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe, maybe you could get some million things, but you know, I can only speak to why I resigned. I mean, I resigned because uh, I got a contract that I, you know, thought I was worth, and uh, I'm in, in a team that I think is going to be able to uh, contend for a ring next year. So, I mean, outside of those two reasons and uh, just the, the environment that Winnipeg provides, uh, I mean, that's why I resigned, and, uh, you know, I could speculate that that's why uh, also a, a bunch of other guys have, have chosen to do the same.
0: Is that CBA cloud hanging over the CFL something that you think will impact
1: free agency over the next few weeks? Um, We'll, we'll see when free agency opens. I I, I would estimate that uh, normally we see a little bit of a frenzy in the first uh, 10 or 12 hours. I would think that that would be maybe um, slowed down a little bit. Um, but the, the problem is uh, this is guys' jobs and guys' jobs that they love to do. So, um, it's gonna. There's gonna be some changes to the way contracts are structured, or healthcare, or pay, or the cap, or whatever ends up getting changed. But at the end of the day, we're playing football. These guys love to do it. If they feel they're compensated fairly, they're gonna sign. So uh, I would say there's gonna be a little bit of a stall. But I think as the offseason matures, there's gonna be uh, business as usual. I think once negotiations start um, start to proceed.
0: As a defensive player, did you enjoy the Super Bowl?
1: I loved watching the Super Bowl, yeah. Um, I I mean, probably drank too many beers and had uh, too many uh, bowls of chili, but um, that might have played a role into how much fun I had. But, yeah, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I enjoyed the cerebral part of the game. I enjoyed watching things that most fans don't see, like a cornerback's alignment and the safety showing a blitz and, and stuff like this. So as a defensive-minded player and, and somebody who approaches the game, you know, top down, you know, metaphorically speaking, from, you know, my head down, um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was great.
0: Are you sick of Tom Brady yet?
1: I love Tom Brady. Um, I, I, I've i been saying it for a while. Everyone roots against him. And I, I, I came up with the phrase, it's like <laughs> – Losers love to see winners lose. And winners love to see winners win. I love that he's so dominant because uh, that's what every athlete really aspires to be. And then for him to just keep defying the odds and breaking records and setting these video game type career numbers is just... I hope he plays for five more years. Do you think he will? I think he's in a one at a time. He's in a one at a time right now because... I mean, like they say, there is a physical cliff. Every player hits it. Um, some players hit it when they're 28. Some players hit it when they're 34. And apparently Tom Brady's is somewhere around 42 to 45. So when his skills do diminish, they will fall off. So uh, I think he plays next year 100%. And then it's a year at a, year, year at a time after that.
0: Well, uh, Jeff, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Uh, good, Best of luck again. Congratulations on the contract. And we'll talk to you later on as the season gets near.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, and i uh, look looking forward to the season.
0: On Friday, told you about the Fleming Hockey Coach Scholarship uh, with Jennifer Fleming, who was in town to hand out the award. And now we have on the recipient of this year's award. It's Aaron Cates. Good evening, Aaron. Thanks for joining the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So you are the head coach of the Winnipeg Hawks AAA Bantam 1 team?
2: Yes, that is correct.
0: Okay. How long have you been coaching hockey?
2: I've been coaching hockey for a total of six years now.
0: And why did you get started in coaching?
2: So I was back when I was 16 there. I was in the middle of a hockey season there, and it ended up blowing out my MCL. And at that point, I kind of realized that I had to make a decision. And during the rehab, I got I got invited to come help being helping out younger players as well. And throughout the course of that season, I fell in love with coaching because I was able to give back from what the game has given me. The game has given me so much knowledge and so much experiences that I wanted to help give that back to the younger generation. So that's why I started to fall in love with coaching right right from the very early onset.
0: So you're 23 years old now. And uh, where do you think coaching is going to take you?
2: I don't exactly know. I I take it year by year and see where the opportunities are presented. A lot of the times is the opportunity that I've had now is I've stayed with AAA for five out of the six years now, whether it be assistant coaches or with head coach positions. I worked my way up through assistant and then got in with head coach. So there's always been opportunities that come and present themselves to me. I, I don't go searching out for them as, as, as much as I would like to. I let them come to me. And there's always the opportunities that are presented to me are very good opportunities that I will take within a heartbeat every time. And you're a student still too, right? I just recently graduated from the fall semester from the University of Winnipeg. Okay. So
0: when you were coaching, how and as a student as well, how do you find the balance between the two?
2: I always say when people ask me that question, I, sometimes my first answer is I don't know how I did it because What's the way that I did it is I had a very strict schedule with I went to my classes during the day I'd come home if I had homework or readings or assignments that I had to get done I had to get those done right away before hockey and then prepare for hockey or whether it's a game or practice if I still had stuff after that I'd be going home and then finishing up that homework or the assignments making sure that my school was done and both hockey was taken care of. Those were my two major requirements at that point. So I made sure that both were taken care of. I had a very strict schedule planned out and everything was in order. So I was never running behind or I was never stressed at any point. I made sure that I was on top of both things at the same time.
0: What kind of work away from the rink do you have to do as a coach?
2: There is, there is a lot that goes behind the scenes. There is, A lot of times is when we're in the middle of a game is I take a lot of notes during the game is to figure out areas that we can improve on what we're doing really, really well on. So when I take those notes at the end of a game, I debrief back at home and I whether we have game film, I go through some clips to kind of see where our weaknesses were, where our strengths were, what we can get better on, what we need to strengthen a little bit here and what's working really well for us. So there's a lot of late nights and early mornings that are involved with hockey. Uh, and from the coaching perspective here is because a lot of times as practices is you don't just throw practice together right away is each drill that we want to work on is building towards the next game so we we have our next game is on Thursday so we have practice later on tonight so all of our drills that we're focused on tonight is getting ready for us for our next game on Thursday
0: and how many days a week are you on the ice
2: for with us it's a lot of the times it's on average four to five days a week that we're on the ice or we're in the gym or we're doing video sessions so we it's almost for a lot of these players it's getting them ready to get to that next level for when they have those huge commitments when they're going out and playing junior or western league or the chl they have to be able to handle that full workload but still be able to go to school so it's starting to prepare them a little bit so they're getting used to handling the pressure and starting to make some time schedules for them. So again, this is a good experience for the players as well. So they're prepared when they go
1: to that next level.
0: And on the topic of schoolwork, is that something that you tell the players about a lot, about the balance between hockey and school, or is that something you leave to the parents?
2: No, we emphasize that a lot. So a lot of the times every year is we tell our players, and same with we tell our parents when we have our meetings at the beginning of the year, it's school is the number one priority. I said, the kids have to be really, really good in school and really, really good on the ice. I said one cannot fall. They have to be able to be good at both. And a lot of times is during the years when there's report cards that are being issued, we want to be able to see that to see how they're doing at school because if they aren't, then maybe we'll, we'll take a couple of days off so then they're able to catch up on their school. If they're doing really, really well, then we know we have a good balance going on right now between their personal life and their hockey life as well.
0: When did you find out that you were going to be receiving this uh, scholarship?
2: I found out... Uh, Back on January 30th, I found out, I applied for it originally in August and then I found out on January 30th that I was receiving it and then I was being presented with it on February 2nd.
0: And how did that feel?
2: It felt really good. I was excited to read that email because I put a lot of effort, like I put a lot of effort into the coaching and to the school. So it was nice to see the email and be recognized for that because I, throughout the four years, of my university. I was coaching at the same time, full time. So those are my two big commitments. So it was nice to be recognized by that, by the game of hockey and by the Fleming family for the achievements that I've done in both school and hockey.
0: Talking to Jennifer on Friday, you know, she said the scholarship means a lot to her because of how much hockey meant to her dad and her brother. And the Fleming name is a big name in this community. So for you, I imagine that's a pretty big honor.
2: It is. I, when that first, award came out last year a guy i used to coach against he was the first ever recipient for it and i immediately wanted to apply for it because i knew how important this award was especially for young coaches as well because a lot of times is school is such a big commitment and same with hockey if you're coaching full-time and if you're in a head coach position that to be able to receive that award knows that you're doing something right you're giving back to the community and you're also helping players get better as well
0: so with your schooling and what you've done uh, as a Bachelor of Business, where is that going to take you?
2: I, I don't exactly know as well with it because the number one thing is for me as a coach, I wanted to get all of my certif- uh, certifications done, whether it be the high performance one. I wanted to make sure that by the time I was done school, I had my, all the hockey levels and certifications done, ready to go. I had my degree ready to go. So if I had an opportunity to go and coach somewhere, there wasn't anything going to hold me back. Where If I got an opportunity to go to another province to coach hockey, I'd be able to go because I've done my school requirements. I've done all my coaching requirements. So everything is set up and prepared for me to go to that next level already.
0: Well, Aaron, this is a great honour for you. Congratulations again, and best of luck through all your coaching endeavours. Thank you very much. This is it. The final recap of the NFL season. The Rams and Patriots, just like it was 17 years ago. Old versus new. 66-year-old Bill Belichick against 33-year-old Sean McVay. The 41-year-old Tom Brady against 24-year-old Jared Goff. And what a start for the Rams. Brady's first pass of the game. It's an interception. Could the Pats really lose two straight Super Bowls? Well, the Rams go, Three and out, and then the pass drive again, but they miss a field goal. Another big break for the Rams, who immediately punt. And then the Patriots punt, and then the Rams punt. And hey, New England got a field goal on the Rams punt. And the Patriots punt, and then the Rams punt. then the Patriots decide to go for on fourth and one on the Rams 32. Late in the half. No, they didn't get it. Another stop for the Rams. Ah, no, they punted. Six punt of the half. Three nothing at halftime. That's it, but you know what'll bring the energy up? A Milk Toast Bland Pop Band. Oh, <laughs> oh, hey, look, Adam Levine took his shirt off a lot of tattoos so how would the teams adjust in the third quarter punt punt and the Rams are now pinned deep Johnny Hacker punting from his end zone it's a 65 yard banger a Super Bowl record punt what a moment and then the Patriots punt and the Rams have a shot in the end zone wide open ah the throw was like three seconds late anyway the Rams get a field goal we have a game it's 3-3 going to the fourth drama it's everything you could ask for in a Super Bowl and then two more punts and then a touchdown five plays 69 nice yards fittingly capped off by a crazy good catch by Rob Gronkowski setting up the score 10-3 but the Rams still have a chance they're driving and Goff under pressure throws up a lame duck it's intercepted the Patriots just need to bleed the clock they do it's a late field goal that's it 13-3 final the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever and it's also the biggest margin of victory in a Super Bowl by New England of their six six rings for Tom Brady A nation rolls their eyes. Greatness never dies. The Patriots are champions. What a brutal game. Just awful. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mel and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes. Not available on Google Podcasts. Not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts Yes.